Welcome to The Refresh from Insider, presented by WebEx by Cisco. I'm Dave Smith. And I am Rebecca Ibarra. It's Wednesday, June 8th, and we're bringing you real-time news, fresh like live radio, but on demand like podcasts. Here's the latest. Congress heard testimony from survivors and family members of recent mass shootings today. In pre-recorded testimony, Rob Elementary shooting survivor, 11-year-old Mia Cerillo, told lawmakers that students need security. Uvalde pediatrician Roy Guerrero said he saw things that day that he'll never forget. Kimberly Rubio said her 10-year-old daughter, Lexi, was murdered just hours after receiving an award for straight A's. Somewhere out there, there's a mom listening to our testimony, thinking I can't even imagine their pain, not knowing that our reality will one day be hers, unless we act now. Attorney General Merrick Garland has opened an investigation into law enforcement's response to the shooting at Robb Elementary School. Garland says Uvalde's mayor requested the Department of Justice's help, and Garland says he knows there is no way to undo the pain. But the independence uh, and transparency and expertise of the Justice Department can go a long way toward assessing what happened in Uvalde with respect to the law enforcement response and to giving guidance for the future. Police have arrested a man with a gun who reportedly told police he wanted to kill Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. According to The Washington Post, the 20-something man from California was carrying a gun and tools that could be used to break into a house. He was arrested on a street near Kavanaugh's home in Maryland. A federal jury has found Todd and Julie Chrysley guilty of bank fraud and tax evasion. The celebrity couple found fame, I mean relative fame, really, through their reality TV show, Chrysler Knows Best. They now face up to 30 years in prison for running a years-long conspiracy to defraud banks and hide money from the IRS. More than 90 sexual assault survivors, including Olympic gold medalist Simone Biles, are expected to file lawsuits against the FBI today. They say they were abused after the Bureau received credible complaints against former U.S. gymnastics doctor Larry Nassar, and the Bureau failed to protect them. Their claims collectively will exceed $1 billion. When you get a chance, please take a moment, just a moment, to leave a rating and review for The Refresh on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. It helps others discover the show. Coming up, we talk to Lynette Lopez about the twilight of the tech gods and what it means for the rest of Silicon Valley. The changing world of hybrid work offers new possibilities. WebEx enables them with an open platform and many integrated partners like Envoy, Tandem, and Miro. Powerful partnerships power hybrid work. Visit apphub.webex.com. WebEx, working for everyone. The Justice Department has seized data from a four-star retired Marine general. That's according to the Associated Press. It's part of an investigation into whether John Allen secretly lobbied for the government in Qatar. He's currently president of the Brookings Institution and previously led U.S. and NATO forces in Afghanistan and Iraq. Janet Yellen told the Senate Finance Committee that maybe all that business about inflation being, quote, transitory may have been, uh, ahem, wrong. 
I do expect inflation to remain high, although I very much hope that it will be coming down now. Treasury secretaries, they're just like us. For the record, I also hope inflation will be coming down. Yellen says bringing it down is the number one priority, and she has no regrets about the size of the Biden stimulus, saying the economy needed the help. A copy of Margaret Atwood's A Handmaid's Tale has sold for $130,000 at a Sotheby's auction. This copy of the dystopian novel where women are property of the state has something special, though. It's unburnable. It's made from this aluminum product called cinefoil. Its sale supports PEN America, which advocates for free expression. Elon Musk's recent threats to pull out of the Twitter deal are actually having an effect on his ability to raise enough cash to buy the social network. Reuters is out with an exclusive, saying that several billion dollars in investor money he had secured is now on hold. That's after Musk's lawyers demanded this week that Twitter investigate the number of bots on the site. Musk needs to cough up $33.5 billion to complete the deal. The Great Salt Lake is drying up. The largest saltwater lake in the U.S. has already shrunk by two-thirds because of the historic drought. And the New York Times reports its disappearance threatens Utah with an environmental nuclear bomb. The brine shrimp and flies are dying, which will devastate around 10 million migratory birds. And because the lake contains high levels of arsenic, it could create a cloud of poisonous dust that would you know, occasionally engulf Salt Lake City. Over the past decade or so, the Silicon Valley tech empire has been booming. But insiders Lynette Lopez writes that in the face of changing economic winds, many of these tech giants are watching their empires crumble, and they might take a lot of people down with them. So, Lynette, what is the biggest threat to the survival of these Silicon Valley tech companies? For some reason, rising interest rates seem to give Wall Street a new sense of religion. (laughs) Um, The religion of actually investing in companies that make money and have healthy profits and can return value to their shareholders. Silicon Valley created a lot of giant companies that really can't survive without easy money and really pliant investors continuing to throw money at the companies, even though the companies themselves don't make any cash. You interviewed a Silicon Valley insider who said that, quote, you look pedestrian if you focus on a silly thing like revenue instead of seeing the big picture. So is this mentality pervasive in the whole industry? And has that contributed to its possible demise then? The market was rewarding companies that said they had cool AI or, you know, machine learning or, you know, blockchain. These are some of the buzzwords of this cycle that really pumped companies up. And some of them got really big. We're talking Uber. We're talking Lyft. We're talking, you know, Square. Big companies that don't really actually make any money. Yeah. Can you give us a specific example of a company that's in big trouble right now? Twitter and Square are both companies that really wouldn't show much revenue or profit if they weren't able to add back stock-based compensation to their profit. Stock-based compensation allows you to pay your employees 
in stock and you keep that on your balance sheet. But what happens when the stock goes down, yikes, uh, you either got to pay those people in cash or you have to issue more stock, which dilutes the stock, which is like, you know, it's a vicious little cycle sending you down. Um, the same thing happened to some companies last cycle. The difference this cycle is that the companies are even bigger and so much more a part of our economy than they were last time. Now, I'm not saying that the Googles and the Apples and the Amazons of the world are going to zero. They're not. But some companies will. These companies were $3 billion back in 2000, 2001. And now these are $30 billion companies that are just going to vanish. If, you know, this Silicon Valley bubble does burst, how could that affect everyone else? Well, there's certainly going to be a a hiring freeze. Um, If you are in tech, know people who are in tech, give them a hug, (laughs) you know. But, you know, we've been through this before, and it doesn't necessarily hurt the wider economy, though, again, these companies are a bigger share and they're more integrated than they were before. We'll see what happens this time. Do I think it could lead us to a recession? There are so many factors at work right now that who knows what's going to be the tipping point. And how does it affect the stock market? Oh, the stock market's going to hell in a handbasket. I think you should probably, unless you're a professional, back away slowly. Do not trade. Wait until the stock market comes back, especially for young people. It's going to come back. You know, the downturns happen, bear markets happen, washouts happen. Just step away from your computer. And uh, when the coast is clear, you can buy the lows. Lynette, thanks so much for joining us on The Refresh. Thanks for having me. Lynette Lopez is a columnist and insider who focuses on economics and politics. Make sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. You can also just tell your smart speaker to play The Refresh from Insider podcast. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Dave Smith. Talk to you soon. Bye.